0: listening to Enlivening Musings, a podcast to enhance your life so you live fully alive. Sponsored by the Pleasure Fairy app. Download it for more support. Welcome, welcome to Enlivening Musings. I'm Crystal. And I'm Katie. And today we have a lovely guest, Allison Rothman. She is the founder of Embody Life. She is a body-centered holistic coach utilizing her extensive studies Experience and firsthand knowledge of the capacity within the human body and spirit to heal. Allison provides clients with the ability to access their inner resources and release debilitating life patterns in order to reclaim their body, mind, spirit, and heart connection. She's a longtime practitioner of the healing arts with over two decades of study and experience in the realm of the body through yoga and dance, meditation natural healing modalities, and somatically-based holistic wellness therapies. She's a coach, teacher, facilitator, guide, mentor, and mom who is passionate about supporting others and living a life connected and aligned with the truth of who they are. Her approach is transformational, embodied, and honoring of the whole person, accentuated by her vast experience and expertise in the realm of holistic wellness and embodiment practices, which you all know we are all about Mm -hmm. up in here. (laughs) Today we're gonna be talking with Allison about why approaching healing of trauma and addictions holistically is crucial for sustainability. I'm gonna give you a quick warning. We are going to be getting into eating disorders, so if you're not ready for that type of a topic, Come back to this when you are. And welcome, 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 Alison. We are so happy to have you.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I am very honored and excited to uh, dive in here. I love it.
0: Well, let's go right into it all. I would love for you to explain to everyone what healing sustainably even means.
1: It's good. Yeah. I mean, we talk about sustainability and, you know, on the planet, you know, and how can we live in a way that's sustainable, um, across the, uh, you know, and there's so much going on right now. I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, the way that I look at healing sustainably is that we can't just tear a bandaid off and then everything's okay. Right. So we work in layers so that we can take the time to, really, um, integrate and embody the different layers of our healing along the journey. And that way they just become part of who we are as we're moving forward. Right. So it's not like, you know, you handle a particular issue and it's done right. Mm-hmm. It's, we, we open up, you know, um, a particular layer and then we work with that layer. And so then we move forward some, and then we move backwards some, and, but, the goal is to come into this balance and this um integrity in ourselves so that we can move through our lives in this place of this is this is who i am you know as we're heal- as we're moving along the healing journey so you know the we don't want to you know i'm queen of in the early days of my eating disorder recovery I would be in therapy, I would make progress, and then I would crash, right? Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't really dealing with everything that needed to be dealt with. I wasn't taking it into my body. I wasn't um, integrating it in a way that kept me moving forward in a sustainable way. It wasn't until I f- come in, came into that holistic realm that I was like, oh, this is what it means to you know, keep progressing in my healing journey while simultaneously embodying, you know, this new level of being, this new way of being, which makes it sustainable, which makes it, you know, provides the platform for this alignment in our, along our healing path. So I don't know if that makes sense. That was a lot of work. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. No, that was great. And I think it needed that whole, (laughs) that whole picture. I think you know when people first. I think the word embodiment and things get kind of thrown around, and people don't always even really understand what that is. And we, you know, we've touched upon it where it's like, okay, well, you're bringing it to the body. It's where you're getting it deep into your bones. It's where you really have it, you know. Um, And yet, I feel like it's so much more than that. Like that's just the simplistic easiest way to get someone to start to understand it. Because even the word embodiment, I feel has its own journey of how much you embody embodiment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say it's become the most overused term, you know, Um, people are really like throwing it around, you know, that it is so much deeper than yes, we need to get into our bodies to heal. Absolutely. But it is embodiment is who we are. It is about breathing with ourselves. It's about allowing ourselves to rest into, um, the truth of who we are. Yes. It's through the body. Absolutely. But, you know, you can say, what if somebody, you know, has no connection is in an injury and, and loses access to movement, you know, so they can access embodiment though, you know, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's not about, I think it's become this, oh, you have to be moving and that's why, how you're embodied, you know? No, it's about learning how to really sit with ourselves and be with ourselves. And there's no gap between who we are, when we are still, when we are, you know, as moms, when we are as practitioners, when we are grocery shopping, whatever it is and our embodiment, you know? It's like, we are just who we are. And that to me, encapsulates like true embodiment.
0: Yeah. I Mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. So I would like to hear just more about your journey. I mean, how, when, when did you start struggling with eating disorders? Did it start with body image? Can you just kind of share more with us about what that looked like for you?
1: Sure. So really at age seven is when I became hyper aware of my, body of my weight. I had a, um, I tell the story a lot, you know, in third grade, I had a teacher who weighed all the students and put our weights up on the board. I know. Appalling. Oh my gosh. Like,
2: you know, I feel like I remember something like that
0: too. Now that you say that like during, um, I think during there was like some sports week or something that we did and we'd have to do like pushups and run the mile and all. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, vag- I vaguely remember something mm-hmm. too.
1: Okay. No, totally. I mean, I think, you know, they don't, the adults in that realm don't really understand the impact that something like that could have. You know, right. I mean, I remember so clear I was 73 pounds, you know, oh. I was tall. I was laying, you know, much taller than everybody else at that time, but I weighed more. So, I was like, oh my god, I weigh more than all these people, you know. So, I just and I grew up as a dancer, so it just kind of like fed on one thing after another. And so I just became super obsessed about it and kind of wavered between uh anorexia and bulimia for years and years. Um you know, somehow graduated high school, (laughs) went away to college, and things got really bad, Um, ended up having to um, kind of take a leave of absence in school, did end up graduating, and then, you know, once I was on my own trying to navigate myself, I was so um, disconnected from my body, and just became, I, I moved out to Colorado, and everybody's so like healthy and active and it just fed all the patterns that I was already working with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by age 23, I really had hit rock bottom. I was in uh, talk therapy three times a week. And, you know, I have a whole opinion about just talk therapy too. You know, I don't, I feel like it, it kind of enabled me in a lot of ways because I was just telling the same stories over and over again. And I just got to this point of like, I need, I need help. I need, I'm not, I couldn't hold on a job. I was just so all consumed with food and exercise and my body image. And so I checked myself into a, um, inpatient treatment center in Tucson and it was holistically based. And so I was 23. And that's where I got, you know, this taste of, you know, we were doing body work and energy work and I was already a yoga and meditation practitioner, but, you know, we were doing movement and yoga and art and nutrition and herbs and flower essences and chanting and nature. It was just, it all came together. And I was, you know, at that moment, I was like, this is the way to heal you know sustainably quote unquote you know so um really i that that was such a pivotal turning point in my life and along my journey and since then i ended up studying bodywork in a again a holistically based program and everything just kind of built on each other and so um you know i'm now you know how 25 years passed and um, to me, that is <clears throat> the most effective way of, uh, healing addictions, healing, um, body image stuff, he- healing, eating disorders. And I have just kind of created my own way drawing from all that I learned, um, at that, you know, pivotal time in my life.
0: So with that, I mean, you were fully immersed in all of that for a duration of time. And that was like powerful. My question is: Now, when you're working with other people, have you found kind of um, an ideal window? Like, if you you need to be connecting with me and doing practice, or da da da, for once a week for six weeks, or have you found anything that's just really been one of the best brackets of time or anything like that as you've been doing this with others? That's a good question,
1: and you know, everybody's different, mm-hmm. and. Everybody- depends on how um far in they are and how willing they are to do the work outside of our sessions you know if you're going to choose to not be in that immersive environment you're right I mean I was there for two months and then I did outpatient I was living close to the retreat center uh retreat it was not a retreat it was a treatment center <laughs> that was not there was nothing pleasurable about it but um yeah, you know, I mean I I have people who work with me for years, you know. I just had a woman like part after 3 years and that was the magic time for her and she was ready, you know. Um it, the work demands work, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean nobody can do it for you. And so, you know, if somebody's really struggling, definitely once a week and you need to give it time, you know, it's not a quick fix. And that's the, the piece that I feel like is so different in this sustainable way of healing is that, you know, it takes time because mm-hmm. you're creating a whole new pathway of being. And there's forward momentum, and then you move backwards and forward and backwards. And to have that consistent support, I have found is key. So there's no like magic anything. Um, but what I can say is that it's not for everyone, you know, some people do want a quick fix, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, to me it, it demands time. And I, I'm always like, you know, the people who have the most success working with me are a year, at least a year, you yeah. know? So cool Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I makes a that. lot of sense. I totally agree. It's, I love everything you just said. Cause I've, I've believed that is the way to true healing. And, um, those specific things that you were saying have really just been kind of popping into my consciousness, whether it's like in a post I'm reading or just coming up with people walking into my practice too, of just like, yeah, people wanting a quick fix. I just can't do it. And, um, I think it's interesting and you've had your own journey as a practitioner of when you start to realize that as well that well you know that's not the people I can help and that's okay because like you said some people do want that and that might be their journey or just where they're at at the time Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I think that's cool and I think I always say to people too you know a lot of times with any sort of quote-unquote therapy program you know it's going to take you maybe a, a while maybe even a few months before you're really even honest with what's really going on. Right. And I'm sure that's part of what you're saying with the sustainability. Like it takes a while for us to really, whether we realize it, maybe it's just all stuck in our subconscious or, um, just to feel comfortable to be really raw and honest with somebody. So I love that. And I, I think it's so great that you're putting that out there to start with where people like, yep, this is what it is. And mm-hmm. confidently saying, even as a provider, like this is what it's going to take and, um, yeah, to, to, to heal holistically is not the job of anyone, but your own, right? No one can do it for you, but just be a support. So that's so cool. I love that.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also, it's like building a relationship, you know, so it takes, it does take time. And so, you know, if somebody does come in, they're like, okay, you know, I want to do three sessions. I'm like. Well, you can it's not going to hurt you but you're not not much is going to shift you know unless you're just willing to you know dive deep immediately so um yeah you know and i think more and more people do want you know i think this time is really brought to to light and to the surface a lot of people are like i'm re- i want to i'm done with mm-hmm. like living so dysfunctionally, or you know, yeah. in a way, or whatever it is. And so, you know, I feel like it's like the prime opportunity to do some deeper work. And why not? You know, life is short. So,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I see
1: that a lot too with people.
2: And I, I feel like I say all the time to people, I'm like, we're the first generation that's really been in therapy. Right. And so we're really, I think it's so cool. Like a lot of people are really diving into it too. And, and, um, having those exact same conversations of like realizing the generational trauma and the epigenetics and like all the science behind what we already knew coming to light. And I think a lot of people are feeling that like, I know myself, like, I don't want to pass anything on to my kids. I don't want to see those patterns continue. So I don't really have a choice but to do the work (laughs) like it just needs to be done and realizing then it's not even all of our stuff like some of it is just all the stuff handed down but we're in the place to have a lot of great tools and resources to work on it most of us even if it's not like the financial resources but just the way the world is there's there's YouTube there's Instagram like there's lots of ways to just like kick off that inner discovery so Mm -hmm. it's interesting time yeah so yeah. I wanna
0: know what happened for you in like then becoming pregnant and where were you at your journey and did that because I know I've known mm-hmm. many women who have suffered with eating disorders and sometimes pregnancy is more of a trigger and for other people it's really great for them. They're like, Yay, I cannot feel bad about gaining a bunch of weight. And other people it's like, no, this is really detrimental. And then they they actually kind of backtrack or what was that like for you or what have you mm-hmm. seen for other people to be more supportive if we had any, you know, moms out there who are pregnant
1: who've had this in their history or any of that? That's a great question. Nobody has ever asked me that. I love that. <laughs> I um so my son, his birthday is actually Sunday. He will Ooh. be 13. And um, you know, I mean history is that i was in a very abusive marriage so i i I can say that the eating disorder played a role in the challenges of my pregnancy but i think it was also a combination of the environment i was in but um being pregnant was really hard it was really Mm. hard. i gained a lot of weight i didn't feel well um i didn't feel supported i um you know i thought i was going to be this goddess dancing mama queen, you know, like love in the pregnancy belly. And, you know, no, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I feel like I was going to like throw up most of the time. Um, you know, the first couple of months, all I could eat were like, was like bread and peanut butter and cheese and like nothing green. Like I would like gag if I'd like saw that. Mm-hmm. So it was really difficult and definitely, um, you know, I can't say I relapsed necessarily. I, that term is tricky for me, especially in the realm of eating disorders, because I'm always like, eating disorders are the hardest addiction to get over. Cause you have to eat, you know, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to eat. So, you know, mm-hmm. even down the road, if I would have a, a harder day or something, I was like, I'm not going to categorize myself as relapse. I'm just having a hard day, you know, I'm going to keep moving forward. So you know, the pregnancy was difficult, you know, I gained 50 pounds and, and then I simultaneously, I had a home birth and again, thought that was going to be this beautiful, magical thing. And it just wasn't, it was very, very hard, very traumatizing um, for the whole picture. And again, I didn't feel supported. And then I was in this postpartum land where I was huge with this tiny little baby who didn't sleep and, You know, Mm -hmm. so it's a blur and, um, I wish that I had sought more support, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I wish that I had asked anyone, Mm -hmm. someone, anyone to, to help, to let somebody in with the fact that I was really struggling. I was really, um, felt very depressed during most of my pregnancy and did not like getting bigger at all. So, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I wish words of wisdom around that. I, you know, I think the, the biggest piece here is to be honest and be real with your mama friends, you know, like if you are struggling to, you know, to get that support. So, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, society doesn't help make it easy to ask for support during any of that,
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I think it, same thing. I mean, it paints this picture that, you know, we all do want to be like loving it and being this beautiful experience. And it's just not. And I think it's, but it's hard to be honest about that because, right, there's all the things you should be grateful. Like you're pregnant, enjoy the feeling, all these different things. But I was the same way, felt really sick a lot of the time and I didn't enjoy being pregnant. And I, it even makes me feel a little bit bad to say it. But I think there's a lot of women that, feel that same way that they love it in a way because they love their children, but, um, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to be pregnant, especially because we're still expected to do a lot of stuff like go to work and clean the house and be responsible for other things when we're doing this really big, amazing thing. So yeah, there's lots of layers to it. So I, I think you are helping people just by being honest and listening and just not judging anyone's experience. Right. And just, um, yeah, I think there's so much power in that.
1: And not comparing, you know, I I, I can, I see still in myself, you know, I'll see somebody on Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, oh they're so look at how happy they are they're pregnant (laughs) and beautiful and their partner's so supportive and and then they have their baby and they're posting all these like pictures their baby's like in these perfect clothes and Mm -hmm. you know and that was just like so not my experience but there's no point in comparing you know it just is what it is and as soon as we can kind of drop that story i feel like then we can really move forward in along our journey along our path in a very real way Yeah,
0: Yeah, I agree. Because as Katie was talking, it was making me think about just like that judgment and how Mm -hmm. each of us just has our own thing. You know, we there are going to be the people who absolutely love being pregnant and there's going to be the people who have support and there's going to be the. So I love how you reframed it into the comparing sense, because it's like, yeah, we're we're not supposed to be these other people. You know, we're supposed to be ourselves. And I think that really brings back to like that sustainability and that holistic and that embodied. It's all about you as your magical individual stardust that you are, you know, and how that's supposed to be. And you're not supposed to be. It makes me think a little bit, even just, you know, being in the natural world, there's still these things that Like I don't do, like I have a sports car and I use a lot of gas, you know, (laughs) and that's not sustainable for the world. Of course, I want my electric car too, but you know what I mean? But I'm taking care of the soil and I'm, you know, so it's like this whole thing where even just putting ourselves in these boxes and it's like, no, the only box I'm going to be in is the box of crystal because it's the only one that's the most true and has all of my unique facets and it doesn't fit into any other category. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's true embodiment. I mean, you are who you are and yeah, I mean, it's like, it gets to the point of, and I think the older we get, like who gives a shit? Are mm-hmm. you allowed to? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you good. Who gives a shit? You know what anybody else thinks and like, let, you know, let everybody do what they're doing. Right. And, and all we can do is focus on ourselves and, you know, I mean, what's coming up for me is, you know, I've been a single mom for 11, 11 and a half years, which is crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I've, you know, have always felt this like stigma and like judgment and, you know, from the outside world, if okay. I should be this way, or I am this way, or, you know, so it's been a huge journey and learning for me, you know, in putting all my practices into action around who I am and what is true for me and what, you know, the embodied, aligned, you know, in- integral self Allison is, you know, as a single mom, as, you know, raising a boy alone, like, you know, in a very wealthy neighborhood, you know, wealthy community, you know, et cetera. I mean, there's so many different, like, facets to it, but, um, you know, but what it comes down to is like who we are at our core, at our essence and really, I don't know, you know, I think you just get to the point, or at least I hope it's my wish for us all women that we just don't, that we can just lift each other and support each other and not be in that place of judgment, comparison, you know, longing, whatever it is. So yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. So, tell us how people can work with you. Um I want to hear kind of just what you do. Is it all virtual? Do you have anything in person? Um and then how can they find you? Yes, yes.
1: <clears throat> so, I um work both virtual and in person. Now, if you're a local Boulder, um I definitely see clients in person and um, am running a in-person women's circle drop-in. Um, I also have, um, clients virtual. I work through zoom. I have found it to be incredibly effective. I was very resistant at the beginning of the pandemic as to how I can translate this work through the screen, but it works. So Mm -hmm. um, I think we all have had to pivot big time in that. So, um, I also have been running a women's group virtually that, You know, I can say the same thing. I was resistant, wasn't sure how it was going to go, and it's been absolutely beautiful. So um, that's called the Acceptance Circle, and I have a new round starting in the fall. Um, I also run retreats, um, and I have one coming up in July in Colorado, Um, and it's a a rite of passage, um, very holistically based, dance, movement, yoga, meditation, women's circles, uh, self-reflective writing, uh, nature, hot springs, all that good yeah, stuff, that sounds awesome. organic food. Um, so that's that. And then what was my other question? How so how do,
0: work? how do we find you? How do we follow you, see your stuff? And, or if we wanted to hop in on any of these things, how, how do we get in on the action? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, everything's on my website and that is embodymylife.com. I am also, um, pretty active on Instagram, um, again, breaking through resistance on that, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we got to do what we got to do, uh, enjoy it. I do enjoy it. So, and that is, um, at embody underscore life is my Instagram tag. Um, and yeah, all the information about the retreats and programs, et cetera, can, you know, it's pretty centrally located on, on my website and I offer a free 20 minute, uh, clarity call, um, to see if we, you know, if this work is a good fit. So I encourage if, if anything's been sparked to, yeah. uh, to reach out for that too.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I'll have those links in here too. So people can quick link all oh. of it. I'm so excited for everything that you're doing with the world. It's Mm -hmm. so important.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am too. I love it. Those all sound really wonderful.
0: Yeah, and I just feel like it's, well, one, you're the real deal, (laughs) and two, it's the way to really make something stick, to make that Mm -hmm. whole life transformation become your new existence, and that I think is exactly what you're saying with the sustainability. And that's what's really important, especially when we're dealing with some of these really deeper, harder to navigate wounds and issues and imbalances. So I love it. Mm.
1: Thank you. That's such nice. I love that. The real deal. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. You know, I just want to say that it's never too late to, dive into, you know, this work, I I have had women come in in their 60s, you know, Mm. one woman in her early 70s, you know, I mean, it's just, we have to start from where we are. And no matter what has occurred in in our lives, there's always the opportunity to heal and grow and transform and really step into to our, our life's purpose. And that is to be, you know, to live a life of Uh, alignment and embodiment and integrity so yeah
0: so with that I just have kind of one more question which is who else do you feel a lot of your clientele are you know obviously we know you have this great great knack and specialty with eating disorders and addiction and um, even just getting out of yucky situations for your own personal empowerment but is there any other you know, things you want to say out there to be like, Hey, you out there listening, you're my people too, you know?
1: Mm, I love that. Yes. You know, it's, it's interesting. I seem to draw um, a lot of women in midlife. So, you know, in their forties, early fifties, who are really doing that, the questioning Mm -hmm. and the deep soul searching and, you know, lots of, you know, children are getting older, et cetera. They're trying to come back to who they are, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and also, uh, early twenties, I have had
2: hmm.
1: many college students, um, approaching me and I've been working with, uh, a couple, um, and it is, I feel so drawn to helping that population because I was such a mess in my early 20s. It was so, it was at the crux of all of my, you know, when everything really started falling apart. And so it feels like, you know, a true act of service to be able to usher that generation forward.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Well, you are so radiant and beautiful and amazing inside and out. So (laughs) thank you so much for coming yeah and again i'll put everything in the thing so if you're if you're looking to connect with allison please do it's i don't know it'll bless your
2: life yeah it was very beautiful awesome Mm -hmm.
1: thank you so nice to connect with both of you too so thank you for all you're doing for the world it's amazing
0: thank you thank you. yay thank you. big virtual <laughs> circle of awesome love it all right enjoy your day bye thanks for joining us you can find us on instagram at enlivening musings connect with crystal on her app pleasure fairy connect with katie on her website wellnesswithkatie.com enjoy